Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of This Is Life with Jamie Thorne. My guest today was Billy Chevalier. It's his uh, second time being on the podcast. And uh, he recorded actually a really cool rift uh, right after this uh, intro. Um, so hopefully you guys will like it. And don't forget to look up uh, Billy Chevalier on Instagram. And he's got his albums on Spotify and is currently hopefully working on one. We talked a lot about uh, music and life and just a, a bunch of stuff. So hopefully you guys enjoy the conversation. Cheers. Dreams 
contain apprehensions, you know. But it is very difficult to say uh, whether they point to a war, because that idea is uppermost in people's mind. Formerly, you know, it has been much simpler. People didn't think of a war. And therefore, it was rather clear what the dreams meant. Nowadays, no more so. We are so full of apprehensions, fears, that one doesn't know exactly to what it points. But one thing is sure, a great change of our psychological attitude is imminent. That is certain. Why? Because we need more. We need more psychology. We need more understanding of human nature because the only real danger that exists is man himself. He is the great danger and we are pitifully unaware of it. We know nothing of man, far too little. His psyche should be studied because we are the origin of all coming evil. Rocking again. Rocking again. Billy Chevalier, round two. Billy Chevalier, round two. So the intro to this. Still clean and sober. Still clean and sober. Three years, um, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Why Christmas Eve? Because that was my point where I had completely nuked my life. Yeah. It happened to be on a Christmas Eve. On a girl of all days. Well, because I had, I think, I don't know if, if you remember the story, but that was when I had gone to mexico yeah. and had yeah, gotten myself into trouble there with the opiates right yeah so yeah i actually just went back to um uh baldy hughes it's called was the was the rehab i went to for 11 months yeah and i just went back there on um at the beginning of september to do a 12-step group with 16 guys we started with and we finished with 12 so i drove all the way up there Ran ran sixteen guys um, through steps, yeah, and with the purpose of them being free of the obsession to use and drink. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so that was quite the experience going back up there and um, revisiting, revisiting and coming at it from a from from the other side, right? Like because the obviously from the clean and sober side from the clean side. and sober side. Like when I went there, I was completely, you know, beaten to submission, right? And then now going back there was quite the experience to be on the side of um of helping people become free your mindset is so changed and what you've learned in the last couple of years of being sober of who you are and yeah. your struggles and everything you're more level-headed going yeah. in there with a clean mind yeah well like we were talking about in the sauna about just being my never i've never been so clear about my purpose right? purpose in life or purpose when it comes to Purpose in life, music, everything. Yeah, purpose in life, and that, and and to make music and to and to help people. Um, you know, I've I've come I've I've completely abolished all pride and accepted humility. Get rid of ego. The ego doesn't exist. It's a tough one to get rid it of. It exists. I should correct myself. It exists. 
but being aware of it mm-hmm. and being able to suppress it yeah is is where i'm at now yeah the ego's a tough one like and that's what i was saying to you in the sauna i was like when it comes to the sauna and the cold like it destroys your ego it destroys your ego and that's like, uh, by definition the sauna and the the cold plunge that we did that is is um a, a humbling experience oh yeah because the opposite yeah. of pride is humility right yeah. and and that's the same with all of the sins right all of this all of the seven sins have an opposing force and all sin stems from pride so you can't have any of the other six sins without first being involved directly with pride mm-hmm. right so naturally when you abolish the ego or you humble yourself is what they call it. Cause humble humility actually, I don't know if you know this, but it comes from um, it's Latin in origin and it means ground. Okay. So um, by definition, when you're humbling yourself, you're becoming grounded. You're moving from up to down. Makes sense. Right. So, so again, with the opposition, right? You can't have up without down. So up would be pride down would be humble can't have bad without good you can't have anything without anything yeah yin and yang yeah everything has an it has an opposing force and and without getting too philosophical um yet or i don't know maybe people want to hear philosophics right but but um yeah it's quite an experience doing the doing the sauna and the cold plunge for the first time Mm -hmm. it's it's you come into this, you come in, I pull into the driveway with my ego alive mm-hmm. saying that, oh, I can do this. I've already been to hell and back. I can do this really easily. Right. And then very quickly you find that uh, your ego gets crushed and yeah. that even the sauna is more difficult than you can imagine mm-hmm. before you walk in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that's where, like I was telling you, like the resilience of, doing hot cold therapy on a day on like literally every day for me has brought any other challenge in my life when it comes to work, family life, whatever it is, I always compare it to that. I go, is this as bad as sitting in 40 degree water? It's like, no, no, yeah, not at all. I can see the benefits now because like I was saying too, when it's the same, uh, I think naturally it's the same, um, it probably releases the same endorphins as if you just physically exert yourself to the point that you're ready oh, yeah. to drop, right? Yeah, and the sauna especially. Yeah, and yeah. I can tell you from experience <laughs> that that is the closest thing you'll ever get to a crack hoot without ingesting crack cocaine. <laughs> is the cold? Is well, is is that the- that rush of endorphins after after accomplishing that or mm-hmm. having that that experience? Or the same thing I felt or I feel when I, let's say I go run 10 laps as fast as I can at the, at the track, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing because it's a total, uh, it's a total exertion of self, Yeah. right? A- and, and, and the byproduct of that is the endorphin rush. That's why I constantly try and promote hot and cold therapy because it's like, it's not like you got to go push weights. It's not like you're running around a track. It's not like you're doing any of that. Just sit there. Yeah, that's just it. sit there and try to breathe. Just sit like there and I breathe. Because I was hyperventilating. Yeah, that's why I was like, calm your breath. Like, you know, you, you instantly, like, your shoulders want to go up. You're tight, 
your chest tightens you <laughs> doing this right away and it's like no you gotta breathe breathe it's all about breath work when it comes to even being in the hot you know, i think it will obviously your, your mental game's got to be pretty strong too and it takes it took a while like we started in a freezer we used to have a freezer on the side of the shop and i silicone the sides and then i'd, I'd turn it on every couple of days build up the ice and then break the ice and sit in that mm. and that's how we first started and then now the now the cold immersion tanks are coming out, but uh, but yeah, like that cold will go. Hey, I'll, I'm I'm in control here. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> like, yeah, clearly. It's like it'll put you in your place within five seconds. It does, and in and uh, even when I was sitting in there and I was trying to control my breathing, it was I'm not going to say it was impossible, but it was borderline. It's challenging. I couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. I was like, I was struggling, and now I'm and now and it's funny. It's like that pa- Pavlo's. Uh, dogs or something when they when they hear the bell ring mm-hmm. and they know it's food time they start salivating yeah it's like now that we're talking about it after the fact now i'm starting to shiver yeah yeah it's like i right? still like that's why like you were sweating on the sauna again i was like i'm not even sweating yet it's like my whole like my skin is like no not we're not there yet we haven't opened up the pores yet yeah to start sweating yeah so it's f- ironically too i went to um I brought my kids to Vetter River last weekend, mm-hmm. and and normally we just go to call it the slate, like if we're going to swim, but we didn't have any intentions of swimming. We were just going for a walk down at Vetter River Park, and we're like, oh, fuck it, we'll just go down to the river. And then while we were, when we were down there, we're like, well, let's just try and jump in. Mm-hmm. right and my kids of course no problem they're just in in two seconds yeah and then i'm just like standing there on oh, the shore i'm just like creeping in <laughs> yeah. slowly and it's and it's about a hundred times more painful but unless you just jump right in like yeah the yeah it's yeah you almost yeah it's like most of the time yeah like when you're getting in cold water it's like you want to jump off the dock you don't want to trickle in like that you're like just just get it over with pretty much yeah yeah. and i've gotten better because i remember i used to be like even luke like not even that cold i would i would be so apprehensive of i still get cold easy though like i if like we were golfing i don't know a couple years ago and it was like sort of chilly and i'm sitting in there i got like a windbreaker on sitting in the car i'm like man it's freaking cold out here and like my buddy jordan looks at me he's like dude you sit in like a freezer I'm like, yeah, but I still get cold easy. <laughs> I was like, I don't like, I don't feel like I'm the warmest person. Maybe when I sleep, like I feel like I'm an oven, but like during the day, like I'll get cold easy. Well, the difference too, I think probably with jumping into something like that is you're, you, you are, you're mentally preparing for it before you get in. Mm-hmm. So that mental preparation, like anything, especially doing things that's not easy is, is of, of paramount importance. Yeah. Right. Mentally preparing for whatever's in front of you to be done, mm-hmm. and whether that's going to work or working out or jumping in that thing or, or golfing, or whatever. And you're probably not you go golfing with the expectation that it's nice and sunny out mm-hmm. at, with a lack of mental preparation. And that's just like the Rubik's Cube of the psyche. Yeah. Like it's I've had nights sitting in the sauna where I'm like, I'm not doing that plunge. I was like, I'm not doing it. And like, I'll bitch out and I'll go have a cold shower I'll go inside and I'll be like, you fucking pussy. Why? It's right there. Yeah. You're well, like, what are you doing? Like, it won. I was like, all right, you won tonight. You won tonight. But then I had a podcast with this guy from, uh, well, where is he from again? He was in this little town, little town in Europe somewhere. And he's been going in the ocean, the North Sea, for like 21 years every day, every morning. 
He's like, there's, you just, it's routine. And after I talked to that guy, I'm like, you're not allowed to bitch out anymore. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> good too because it's it's also it's also a mind fuck too because you you know that like I said when I got out I had instant regret that I didn't stay in for longer. I'm like, oh fuck, I probably could have stayed in for longer. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as like it's almost like the 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 mental pain after the event is worse or is worse <laughs> yeah. or it's even worse. It compounds even worse if you don't do the event at all. Yeah. Right. So it's like what what you said. You you don't do it, and then you go in, and the second you walk through the threshold of the door of your house, you're you soaking up regret. Yeah. Like I, I gave up, and I'm like, hey man, it's three minutes out of your entire day. That's all it is. Just water. It's three minutes old or three minutes, and you didn't do it because yeah. you bitched out. Yeah. You just like you're. It's not like your your ego lost the tank one. You're like, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. And that's why it's like I told myself, like, cold shower every morning. It's like no matter what time of the year it is, you walk, if it's snowing, you walk outside, you go have a shower. Yeah, well, like, that's the, that's the, that's, you know, that's the same thing as when I wake up in the morning at 4.30 and I'm going to go to the gym before I go to work, mm-hmm. right? It's like you have to... The, the, you have to build the mental strength to silence the inner bitch. Yeah. Right? Because it's going to be there every single day. Oh, hell yeah, it was. Right? It's yeah. going to be there every single day. So if you, don't, if you don't figure out a way to build that foundation of mental strength, you know, it, it, it's not, it, you're just not going to be able to build momentum in anything. Yeah, like I used to train at 5 in the morning too. And there was almost every morning. Every I'm like, morning. I could just lay here and be warm, but then you skipped your workout because, what, you're tired? Yeah. Get out of bed because you know, like, the guys that I look up to in in life, like, you know, Goggins and Haynes and Rogan and Huberman, all those guys are hitting it hard. Why aren't you? And they're Get getting up. up. And that's the problem, Jocko, too. like, it's yeah. a, but it'll, at the same time, it's like, it's a fine line almost you have to walk because it's like, you're comparing yourself to, like, savages yeah but that's the thing that's the thing people think that comparing yourself to somebody else or something else is negative but i'm here to tell you if we didn't if we didn't uh make comparisons with ourselves and to people greater than us we would never be striving for anything yeah and that's the problem with with um politics and the softness of the world today always telling you oh no Things are going to be good. That you're just perfect the way you are. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is you're not perfect the way you are. And there is plenty of more work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps people suppressed. That's what keeps people from never realizing what they are actually capable the of. True potential. Nobody, nobody has any fucking idea what they're actually truly capable of. And, and, and that's what separates the people who go out and pioneer shit Mm-hmm. And the people who just stay in their lane. Yeah, that's why you have guys like Elon Musk, and then you have guys that don't do anything and live in their parents' basement. Yeah, Elon <laughs> Musk is he's he's, he's incredible. arguably he's a he's a superhuman. Yeah. The guy's fucking created things that, you know, twenty, thirty years ago people would balk at the idea of his inventions. For sure. You know that that fucking guy 
he put those Starlink satellites mm -hmm. in outer space. I'm sure you've heard of yeah. those. So his intention with the Starlink satellites, or that's how the Teslas run. So that's how they run without, um, like, let's say you're driving through the mountains, you have no reception, mm -hmm. right? The Teslas still need to get a signal from somewhere. So that guy created a fucking satellite that shoots in outer space that can get a signal from anywhere in the world. And you know what he did with the with the um, with with the war in Ukraine when when Russia destroyed all the telecommunications towers in the Ukraine, Elon Musk sent a shitload of Starlink satellites to Ukraine so all the Ukrainian people could still be online. They could log in, but one satellite I can't remember the exact metric um, distance wise it supports, but one of those satellites it's I don't know you can it's like a hundred square miles or something. Yeah. Cause didn't he want to give like free internet to like the world? With well, satellites he's, too? he's trying to do a bunch of crazy shit. You know what else he said too? He said he would personally fund the curing of world hunger. He would fund it himself. If the governments figured out some sort of infrastructure and implemented some sort of, um, plan to, to, to feed people, Mm -hmm. he would fund it personally. And of course, no governments around the world, especially um, countries where where they actually need the food, mm -hmm. none of their governments could jump on board, even though it's always been for, for how many years has it been the reason that there's world hunger in these places because there's no money. Well, the money's there. Elon Musk will fund it. But the problem is, is the, the governments won't support it. Weird. So Elon Musk is, yeah, we could talk about him all day. He, yeah, he's, he's great. He's nuts. He's got really good. He's a funny guy, too, sometimes. Oh, the comments he makes and stuff. You're yeah. Like, God, you're a smart guy. Yeah. And I love listening to him. Like, he's been on Rogan a few times and listening to other podcasts. He's just like, he, like, when he talks about something, he, like, thinks and then he starts talking. Like, he already breaks down the question they've asked him and then he'll explain it when you go, Wow, that was a great answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's he, like he's a hundred so intelligent. Ahead. Yeah, like, and that's why uh, I think you, I share Jordan Peterson, and I see you share a lot of his quotes and his and his stuff like that. What has he done for you, Jordan Peterson? Um, man, how much time do we have? <laughs> a couple hours. Because other you than you know what, Jordan Peterson. Um, well, the reality is I have a man crush on Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I do too. Because he, he has found out a way to speak so elegantly and speak in layman's terms so you don't have to be a fucking... Uh, um, scientist to a, figure a, it a, out. A psychologist or a psychiatrist or a scientist or have a degree to know what the fuck he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? He, he is... Um, his way of elegance is profound. And when he speaks, he has that charisma that, um, you know, you almost have no choice but to listen. Unless you're so fucking contemptuous and you have such a fucking closed mind, mm -hmm. other, those will be the only barriers holding you back from, from living a better life based on his teachings. Yeah. And, and you know, he, there, there, he, found fame i guess or the bedrock of his um fame came from his um apprehension towards um well it wasn't an apprehension towards females but his his lack of feminism mm -hmm. or or his there's that that struggle going on in society with 
with women feeling that they you know should be equal and and i'm not here to say they should or shouldn't i don't it's not none of my just where he where he became popular sort of it's where he became popular but the problem is is those fucking people they're not listening to what he's saying because the feminists are supporting almost as if they, they can do the same jobs as men mm-hmm. and they have the ability to do these same jobs as men right but but those people are closed minded because they're lacking the ability to see that men are essentially responsible for solving this impossible infrastructure of the world mm-hmm. and how it works and and when things break men fix them yeah right mechanics welders construction workers people down in the fucking sewers unclogging the shit Mm-hmm. Just so you can flush your toilet. Like, so So if the women are fighting for these equal rights as men, then how come you don't see any of them getting down there and doing that stuff mm-hmm. and really getting down and dirty? Well, that's what he's always talking about, like bricklayers, all that type of stuff. For sure. Yeah, he's just like, you don't, you know, he's like, life isn't fair. <laughs> just like, get over it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, the way, yeah, just like you're saying, like, the way he speaks is like you've never heard anyone sort of talk like that. And when he sits down to have interviews with these people that are know or are trying to like demonize him, attack him for like the way he talks, the way he believes, like all of his beliefs. And he sits there and so elegantly just says his response back and they're speechless. Well, they good, don't even know what to say. They're good like, good luck trying oh. to be on the other side of an argument with yeah, him. Yeah, I know. You got to remember who, who Jordan Peterson um, st- studied and and the the things that he studied he has studied religion so deeply Mm -hmm. and and um especially from a from a person who isn't religious but to study the spiritual principles of religion and how to how one should carry oneself to live in a world of of order over chaos Mm -hmm. and um not to mention he studied uh, in depth, Carl Jung and Freud and and the philosophers Socrates and Plato and all those those people from thousands of years ago that most of the cliches that you hear today are are, from are them. they're bred from them yeah right and and um, Carl Jung uh, which I also have profound respect for um, Jordan Peterson always talks about Carl Jung in fact that's how I learned about Carl Jung and started reading Carl Jung Carl Jung. In the song that we just recorded, mm-hmm. um, I have about a minute and a half sample that I recorded from um, YouTube. I just mic'd up the speaker from YouTube. Now, I don't know if that's copyright infringement or not. I don't really care because because the intention is to help people, mm-hmm. right? So that was Carl Jung in the last minute and a half of that song. Um, he, he, he speaks... You can almost tell like where Jordan Peter because Carl Jung came before Jordan Peterson. He died, I think, in the fifties. Okay. But you can almost tell like listening to Carl Jung, like you can tell that Jordan Peterson learned from him, right? So if you haven't if you haven't read Carl Jung or you haven't learned about Carl Jung yet, I challenge you to do so because a lot of Jordan Peterson's now just because Jordan Peterson could, was able to speak in more elegantly, mm-hmm. like um, because he's English speaking predominantly, Carl yeah. Jung's not, he's European, um, in Sweden, or I don't know exactly where he's from. So he doesn't have that ability, but he has the ability to write. And when he writes, oh my God, his shit, dude, is fucking frightening. When you read it, 
don't read it at night because you will not be able to sleep. Really? You will just be laying in your bed, ruminating on what the fuck you just read. And you will, you, you'll, you'll, he's, he's, you can read a paragraph from him and find yourself reading and thinking about the same paragraph for half an hour before you even move on to the next paragraph. So don't start reading them unless you have time. Hmm. Is it an audible form? <laughs> uh, I I'm, have, sure, I'm sure. I'm it sure it is. It, it probably, well, it wouldn't have been straight from him voice because that was not around. Which and, is always better. Yeah, which is always better. I know Jordan Peterson's books are available in audio form. Yeah. Yeah, it always, uh, like I've, there was this one like uh, mineral fix that is like this one guy I follow on Instagram. It's just like all about minerals in the body and salt and everything. And like I tried to preview one of his books on Audible, and it just it was like some other guy reading it. I'm like, this sounds so bad. Like they try, they almost try and act as who they're talking about. And I'm like, I'm not looking for like an actor. Well, I'm like I know looking, and you know, to like pay attention. And you like, can just hear the artificial and uh-huh. authenticity in the voice, right? So you're all right. It's 100 percent better coming from the person. Yeah. If you know anything about the person anyway, but I don't know. I'm not a, uh, personally, I'm not an audio book guy. I, um, what I do do though, is I do listen to, um, especially on road trips. If I'm driving for a considerable amount of time, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely be tapping into like, um, Jordan Peterson podcast or, oh, yeah. or other philosophy or psychology podcasts, because it's like you have that amount of time where you're driving and when you're driving, you're focusing on nothing else but driving. Mm-hmm. And, and just cause even when you're sleeping, I don't know if you know this, but even when you're sleeping, your ears never shut off. So a lot of people suggest, um, that information that you hear, even when you're sleeping is all driving your subconscious mind, right? So your subconscious mind, naturally you are not conscious of it. But the subconscious mind, and I learned this stuff too from Carl Jung, is responsible for everything that you do and every direction that you go in life, although you're not conscious of it. So there's like a Hmm. hidden driving force, like the dark side, he calls it. There's the dark side that actually drives humanity. So listening to stuff when you're sleeping might be a good idea then. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of people to suggest or studies to suggest and people to um, promote it promote the idea yeah so and that's another reason why when i'm driving on a long road trip i'm always listening to this stuff because even if i'm not fully attentive your ability to retain that information resides in your subconscious mind right so that's another another interesting concept too is is um frequency um meditation that mm-hmm. a lot of people listen to like spiritual beings, like a guy like you would probably get a lot from it because you listen to the certain frequencies while you're sleeping and apparently different frequencies um, uh, provide different strengths in different areas of your life. Interesting. So like for mental toughness, there's a frequency that, that studies have yeah, shown. I've never even heard of that. That's, yeah. That's kind of cool. Actually. Yeah. And the frequencies are, are quite literally like mm, like that's a frequency mm-hmm. right so there's different sets of frequencies at different octave ranges that will support different strengths um and and from from what i've heard now i don't know this to be true because i don't uh use frequency 
uh, training while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. But I've watched a lot of stuff like about it when I'm down the YouTube rabbit hole or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and it's not only a form of meditation, but it also provides um, a tremendous amount of support for whatever um, whatever mental frequency or whatever mental strength you're looking for provided by the frequency, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I feel like Googling this later. It yeah, Google it. Cool, yeah, it's a rabbit hole thing, right? But, I mean, that's what we're... That's what we're all here for as humans is to go down the fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Right? Take the blue pill, you take the red pill. You just take all <laughs> of them, right? And you just yeah. you figure out, you know, what 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 supports your purpose. So reading into like Peterson and Carl Jung and stuff, has that changed the way your music has sounded in the last like couple years? Um well, quite naturally, yes, because it's because you can even hear it, you can, 100% yes, because when I read these guys, mm-hmm. quite naturally, my vocabulary expands tremendously, right? Like, um, when you, when you are, are consuming some form of, of language um, at a high degree, mm-hmm. um, it's going to, that that will ripple effect in every aspect you do in your life. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I listen to podcasts because I love listening to very intelligent people talk about like health, benefits of sauna, cold, all that. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So 100% um, I can attribute to my, 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 my music, my uh, vocabulary expanding and then naturally my music expands because music um, for the for the realm of music I do is vocabulary and instrument driven. Mm-hmm. So when I can when I can articulate my words at a higher level um, by reading these people, that will reflect in my music without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, right? yeah, because I really like the lyrics that you were saying during that little intro there. Yeah, it well, sounded that... like a lot different than like say the last time you were in. Like deeper, more meaning, more everything to it. Yeah, well, that's a hard track, right? Like if you if you die if you dissect the lyrics in that track, um, and you think about it, it's a hard track, dude. And and I can for sure say that I would have never written a song that deep mm-hmm. without the ability to articulate, and my ability to articulate um, grows exponentially the more books I consume, mm-hmm. right? The more you consume, the more you become, right? So if you're reading a bunch of shit or you're listening to a bunch of shit music that has a fucking negative promoting idea or you're watching a bunch of stupid-ass shit on the TV that mm-hmm. makes serves no purpose, right? Naturally, what you consume, you become. So if you're... If you're um, in the process of consuming bullshit, you will become bullshit. Yeah. And that's just the very, that's, that's the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. That's not a speculation. That's pure 100% well, truth. Same thing with what you, what you put in your body. When 100%. It's a food. You eat shitty food. Quite literally what you consume, <laughs> you become. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the way that it goes. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's another reason why I was telling you in, in thing, our uh, sauna, that I'm off social media, right? Because 
like you were saying, I was telling my girlfriend this yesterday. No, she was telling me it because I told her I'm off social media. Um, and she asked why. And I said, well, A, because the way that it's out algorithmically, algorithmically programmed is it's going to put a bunch of shit on your feed because that's what people are attracted to. People are attracted to like bright lights, right? People don't want the real. They don't want the truth because like we were talking about cliches, like you can't handle the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Like the truth is like we were just talking about, like you are not going to be okay if you stay the exact same way that you are and don't progress. Mm -hmm. Right? So the, the it's algorithmically programmed to, for clickbait, right? So I can pour my heart and soul into something and post it and it will get no views. I can even record a fucking Zach Wilde solo, guitar solo, flawlessly mm-hmm. put it out there, and it will get no fucking views. Isn't the algorithm, though, based off what you're clicking on? Uh, no, because because I don't click on anything. So right? whatever comes up is just programmed to come up and hopefully attract you to buy something it com- the algorithm as far as i know is triggered by screen time so whatever whatever thing whatever it is mm-hmm. that that most people spend the most time watching that will that spreads like wildfire and then that will be automatically proposed to you on mm-hmm. social media right so um going back to what we were saying about about uh you are what you consume right like if you're on social media all day and it's algorithmically programmed to feed you a bunch of clickbait mm-hmm. right there's nothing productive that comes from it right so i mean granted you've established a direction of serenity over calamity mm-hmm. right it, it serves no purpose yeah because like what i click on is mostly like I don't know. There's a bunch of woodworking stuff and health stuff, fitness stuff, food stuff, and that's what usually pops up. If I go to search or something, or a sponsored ad pops up, it's like posters that I wanted, a poster that I wanted to hang up in the studio. That all of a sudden, all these different companies pop up of different posters, and then it comes up as like, oh, this is a like Manscape. This is Carnivore Club. This is you know a, a fitness trainer in Langley. That's what pops up on my page because that's what I've clicked on and that's what I guess. Well, my yeah, naturally that will show up on your on your on your feed if yeah. that's if 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 that's what you've been um, consistently viewing. Mm-hmm. Those views will come up on your feed. But the point um, the point I'm trying to get at is that it is almost impossible to expand your audience because the algorithm doesn't naturally promote um, supportive, productive, positive, motivational things. Right. So of course, like I'll probably show up on your feed because you may have engaged with my stuff in the past. Mm -hmm. But the point is in order to see that stuff or in order to get exposure um, to a new audience, you kind of have to follow what triggers the algorithm, which is, essentially clickbait yeah because it's all about advertisement and money and that's all what it's about and and i'm just at a point in my life where um when i have i'm trying to eliminate distraction right and whenever you're 
whenever I'm, I can't say for you, but whenever I'm on social media, I'm making posts and then I'm looking and it's not getting exposure. So I'm all butthurt about it that I, I'm trying to like my intention with my, with my social media and my music and my sobriety is to help people. And it's not helping anybody because nobody's seeing it. Mm -hmm. I get all bent out of shape and then it affects me. And again, that's, that's where the ego is still alive and well. Mm -hmm. So when I said it doesn't exist before, that's not entirely true. It does exist because if I'm affected by that, that's my ego being hurt. Mm -hmm. That's my pride being affected. Yeah. Right. So the difference is what I meant to say instead of saying it doesn't exist is that it exists. But when it does, I try and do whatever I can to alleviate it as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm at that point now where I'm taking a three month um, um, break from social media and I'm it's and I'm going to really just fucking grind it out for the next three months. And when I come back, I'll have a whole album ready to go. That's one goal. I want to be able I have a bunch of different fitness goals. I have eating goals. I have um, a certain amount of, of, of quantity of tokens for crypto projects I want to be accumulating. And, um, you know, all the while still having to be responsible for, for the welfare of my kids, still having to provide a, a roof over the head of my girlfriend and I and mm -hmm. our kids, mm -hmm. right? So any, any form of distraction for the next little while, I'm, I'm removing it. Yeah, because like what I've always listened to and heard was like your mind's not designed to get input from millions of people on social media. Like, you know, we came from tribes of maybe 100 or 120 people, you know, way back when. And that's when everybody had a certain responsibility. You're a gatherer, you're a hunter, you, you're building, whatever it is. But now it's like you post one thing and all of a sudden you get 500 likes. It's like your mind really can't process that. You know, unless it's it, it, your mind can't really process that, and especially if it's a negative, that'll like it. I, I find that it you you get more addicted to social media when it's like negative. Some like I've seen so many like I'll, I'll I'll look at somebody's post, and it'll be like a controversial post about vegan and carnivore. I follow like a lot of vegan and carnivore people just to see what they go back and forth on all the time. And some of the comments are like ruthless. I was like, man, if you're reading these, like that would like mess your ego up a little bit for sure. Well, it's a double edged sword because it's like we are by nature as humans so pretentious, part of the human condition, mm -hmm. right? That it's like you post something and then you get a bunch of um, engagement and then all of a sudden it feeds your ego and your pride and then you feel you know better than You're chasing it and then the next time you do it then you get no engagement at all and then it affects your ego because you're feeling less than so it's like uh, uh, you have to be totally emotionally stable and psychologically stable to be productive um, on social media mm. um, if your intention is in the right place to post and like you said get your stuff out there help people with whatever that post or music or whatever information you're putting out there. Or if you don't want any of that, just stay off social media and Pretty don't post much. anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like one of those things, right? In today's day and age, it's like we were talking about in the sauna, right? It's like, what is your intention of what you're doing? Like your intention with this podcast is to um, 
you know, I'm sure is to help people and, and um, allow people to become open-minded to different people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. That's fair to suggest, yeah. right? So if your intention is in a good place and naturally the only way in 2022, other than paying a shit ton of money to some marketing um, ploy mm -hmm. or gimmick or TikTok dancing or whatever it may be, yeah. your, only, your only source of exposure is social media. So it's a difficult, it's a double-edged sword and it's a difficult kind of teeter-totter of mm -hmm. like how you balance that, right? Because, yeah. um, and then for myself too, it's like my intention with music and, and fitness and, and spirituality and um, alcoholism, um, freeing people from alcoholism is to help people, mm -hmm. right? But then it almost becomes selfish too to take a break for three months from social media because then those few people that do uh, get a lot of encouragement or, or inspiration from what you're trying to do, now all of a sudden, oh, they're not good enough because just because you're all bent out of shape. So it's kind of like it's a constant battle that you're thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. But sometimes you just need a purge, right? Yeah, that's true. That's with anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's like eating super clean, and then you're like, I just want to eat, like, a pizza. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah. You're like, screw it. Yeah, social media is tricky. I think if you really want to not I, – I don't really know a lot of people, I think, that are, like, truly addicted to it, even though – Everybody's addicted to it, okay? Here's, to a degree, for sure. If you're If you're looking at your social media multiple times per day, and you don't have a business you're running off of it, you're addicted to it. Yeah. Right. Like because that's, it's sucking time away from doing things productively or being with your family or working or working out or working on some sort of um, aspiration that you have. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is it is addictive because it's it's directly taking away from productivity. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the most addicting things ever invented. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the way it goes. And it's all good. That was just a long spiel about why I <laughs> why I'm off social media for now. No, you know, it's it's probably a good thing, right? Like they say once a year you're supposed to disconnect from the internet, cell phone, computers, everything, TV for like a week. You're supposed to go camping and have none of it. None of it. Yeah. It's apparently it's supposed to like reset something like in your brain. Well, it's, what it, it is, it's a it's a dopamine cleanse. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Constantly because feeling that. you gotta remember the only the only reason people go on on social media is because it, you get instant gratification mm -hmm. right it's it instantly um pours dopamine into your system it's just like the bright lights we were talking about like people don't go to the casino because they're truly addicted to losing money they go there because the bright lights and the sounds right that's actually the driving purpose of why people go there because it it, it floods the receptors mm -hmm. the, and it releases dopamine those bright lights and sounds and it's the same thing as why children's um like when you have a child and they're young and they watch those shows oh, yeah, right they're just glued to the it's TV, the zombies. exact same thing right those shows are bright lights and they're catchy noises and that's the same thing with a casino there's no difference it's yeah. still, it's still, it doesn't matter what stage of development you are in as a human, you're still um, victim to those same impulses. You're just hijacking your frontal cortex, I guess. That's all you're doing, <laughs> right? Um, when it came to releasing, actually, when did that album come out? Um, when I released, well, my first album, my first full length album, oh, I can't remember, a couple, maybe 
maybe it was already like about a month and a half ago or two yeah, months ago. Yeah, it feels ago. like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you're able to see like how many times it's like downloaded. You don't even care. You're just like, I'm putting um, it out there. Or does that sort of piques your interest a little bit to see well, what the feedback is? I was actually, um, so I had um, one of my favorite musicians of all time, okay, is called Sadistic. Now, he, I don't know anybody else, um, and I would love to challenge somebody else to tell me who's as good as him. Because if you have the ability to kind of um, think at a higher plane mm-hmm. and, and, like, and see beyond like fluff lyrics and stuff, right, and true meaningful shit, mm-hmm. I, would, I would challenge anybody to tell me who's as good as he is. Okay, and he's a legend in the hip hop community. He's done tracks with oh man, I'm not even gonna start name dropping, but he's mm-hmm. a legend, and um, I've been listening to him for about ten years, probably more. And he, um, I, I, I sincerely look up to him at, for music, mm-hmm. and I emailed him about hopping on a track, and he agreed. And, um, so that was like, you know, it's gotta be pretty cool. Yeah, it was super cool. It was a really, it was, um, it was, it was an enlightening experience because it goes to show you that, um, you can't, there's no need or purpose to put people on a pedestal. It's just like the same thing about you were talking about with, with Goggins and those guys, right? Like, yes, you should compare yourself to those people because there is no reason why you can't become that person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that was a real eye opener for me. And I, and he essentially said, I emailed him and he said, well, if I, if I like your music, I'll hop on a track with you. Right. For a fair price. Yeah. Right. And, um, so I sent him my links and he got back to me right away and said, yeah, dude, this is some, your music is, is hella dope. Like, sure. Let's hop on a track. And we recorded, um, um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that was the first sing or the second single off that album to drop. So that single did really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason why it did so well was because when you, when you upload your music to the distributor, mm-hmm. like the same way you upload these, these podcasts to your distributor, yeah. and you have a featured artist, you naturally get exposure to all of his monthly listeners. Okay. Yeah, okay? yeah makes sense. So that song did about, I don't know what it's at right now. It's probably at, nothing crazy. It's probably at seventy or 80,000 streams, right? Which is for an independent musician like myself, which has no marketing budget, um, gets no exposure on social media. Like we were just talking about. Yeah. Right. That's a tremendous amount of streams. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. So that song outperformed the whole album. Right. So, um, and then I had another, I have another feature on there with a guy named Isaac Zale who has an even bigger following than sadistic does. But the difference is, is that Sadistic has a smaller following, but he has a hardcore following, like the yeah. type of following that buys all his merch, buys all his CDs, goes to his shows, goes day, to yeah. all his shows, supports him, joins his Patreon, pays for membership subscri- uh, subscriptions, all that stuff, like a diehard core, diehard fan base mm-hmm. so he's able to make a living off of his music because his fans truly get down to his shit 
right? They don't just use it for um, noise in the background. Yeah, they, like, they're looking forward to that next album. They oh, can't they're looking forward to it, right? Yeah. So I got a bunch of messages on... on uh, so all my, not all my efforts are for nothing, right? Like I, yeah. I got I got a bunch of messages from people about that song. I even had one message from somebody from um, Norway or something, and he said um, he said I can't remember the exact quote, but he said that your new album that you just dropped, especially the song with Sadistic, helped save my life. He said, I was suicidal, and that song helped save my life, brought me back to God. Wow. Amazing. Right? And, and that, those types of messages that I get from, from people periodically, mm-hmm. right, are worth more than any monetary value, right? Because yeah, that, it's a life you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. And when your intention is to help people, that is essentially your spiritual currency, receiving responses like that from people mm-hmm. right that is your that is the currency i need to get paid in that's why i do it and that's what keeps me going with it right it's cool it is cool that's amazing it is like amazing. reading that i mean i've been like whoa i read that and i and i was just like and and then you know i correspond with him now right yeah and there's lots of people like i'm not this um artist like uh just because um, you know, my shit isn't blown up and I'm making money. It doesn't mean that the music doesn't affect a lot of people. It mm. does, right? So I'm the type of artist that when people message me or or ask me something, I respond. Yeah. Like, I'm not this pretentious fuck. Like, a lot of artists that are, um, you know, out of touch, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're... If you're if you're making music with the intention to help people, you better be willing to be there when they need help. Yeah, makes sense. Right? So so quite often, the most messages I get on social media when I'm active in it is um, from alcoholics and addicts because it's clear in my music my message is, is based on um, suffering. Mm-hmm. Right? And And that doesn't mean it's like, Oh, this music that that is really downer. It's not. There's a lot of shit that's upbeat and it's popping off. Yeah. Right. But but the, but the difference is my in my content, right? And because I've learned to articulate myself from reading all this and consuming all this knowledge from from people far greater than myself, right? I'm able to articulate this message and people resonate with it. So when you're creating these songs, you're writing your lyrics to these songs. Does it help you personally too to get, say, this, these lyrics onto a page that you've felt over the years, and it's like you're almost moving on from that? Um, does it help? Well, it's a, it's definitely therapeutic, mm-hmm. but I've almost eliminated myself from it, and put, um, I'm more purpose driven now. Like because I was, I'm so clear with my purpose, mm-hmm. and that is my purpose is to is to help people through music, through running step groups, like I said in the beginning, yeah. through carrying the message of sobriety, through spiritual principles. It's like that that um, that dichotomy of we can only keep what we have by giving it away. Yeah. Right. So that's what 
that's what drives my purpose behind pretty much everything I do. Now, sometimes, don't get me wrong, I'm human. So naturally, I still, I still have the emotions of fear and greed. Mm-hmm. Right. So oftentimes I'll try, I'll, I'll catch myself either being greedy of something or being fearful of something. Right. And when you're embarking on a journey of self exploration through music, through writing, you have to be able to, to turn that fear from a headwind into a tailwind. Right. So instead of, instead of the fear holding you back, it propels you forward. Do you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So, so in a roundabout way, I hope that answers the question of do I do it for myself? I do um, when it comes to facing fears, because naturally there's no growth without some friction of some degree. For sure. Right. So it, like I grew a tremendous amount today. Why? Because I jumped in that fucking cold <laughs> bath. Yeah. And I told you the first thing I told you when I got here was that I'm a little bit scared. Yeah. Right. And that's that's not because I'm a fucking little bitch. Right. That's because that was the, the truth of the matter at that moment. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just I you're do trying hard, something new. You're trying something new. Right. And it's like there is apprehension. So you're when you're writing, is it like a different state of mind every time or do you sit down and get focused the same way or like. Are you like when the lyrics come to you? Like are you even sometimes like laying in bed, like, oh, you know what? That would actually sound. And then oh, you like yeah. r- r- get out of bed, like write it down, whatever yeah. you have to. Like it, it's constantly your mind is always rotating when it comes to oh, like lyrics and a in a beat. You might be just hitting a table or something. You're like, oh, you know what? You pick up the guitar, you start rifting. Like yeah, hundred never turns off. It never turns off. Um, um, the other thing too is like when you do. When you do something on a regular basis, your ability to do that thing becomes greater, mm-hmm. right? So, again, this goes back to um, reading a lot, right, has developed my ability to retain information um, exponentially, mm-hmm. right? That ability grows greater all the time. So if I'm doing something throughout the day and I think of something that I want to write or I, something just pops in my head, my ability to remember that thing has grown so large now that it's not like I, I never, I don't think I've ever thought of something at night in bed and got up and written it down. Like I'll, I'll, I'll remember it and I'll know that if it's something that I like, I'll know that a piece of it to some degree will be in my mind the next day. And as far as the writing process goes, um, especially now that I'm doing all my own production, Mm -hmm. like, on this next album, this is going to be um, this is going to be a real body of work that came from me because I'm not relying on anybody or anything to produce it. I'm doing it all myself. So there is shit that's going to be on this thing, man. That's way down the rabbit. Well, hole. especially with you being off social media, it's like your inspiration is going to have to come within. Like it, you're not going to be like reading. Well, you might be reading books, of course, but not like, you know, off social media and like reading motivational scripts and listening to like podcast interviews. Like everything is going to be coming like from inwards. Yeah, that's a lot. There's a lot of truth to that. And that's another reason why I'm taking these three months off, because that's the time I've allotted myself to work on and finish this next album. And a lot of inspiration comes from um, from Splice. 
Like I don't know if you've heard from Splice, heard of Splice, but it's 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 a it's a platform that it's basically um, um, a giant Rolodex of of samples in all okay. different genres of all different instruments, right? Cool. So you can go on. Always, the songs start with guitar, right? And then whatever whatever the guitar track will be, I'll usually record a rough version of the guitar and the guitar always comes before the the um vocal structure i've never recorded i've never thought of like a vocal structure and then written guitar to it it always first it always starts with guitar and then what i'll do is i'll take the guitar and then i'll um find out what key it is in and because i'm not traditionally trained in music i have no fucking idea about um technical music theory okay so i don't even know like i couldn't even tell you what a c chord is like i know how to play a c chord Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be able to differentiate a c chord from an a chord i have no because i don't know what they are right so i'll start i'll record the guitar yeah right and then what i'll do is i'll i'll take the um, the raw sample and i'll drag and drop it into what's called tune bat Okay. And then TuneBat will provide you with the tempo and the key of the song. And it's a free TuneBat.com. You can do that with any, anybody can do that, right? And it's a huge helping hand for me because I'm not musically trained. Yeah. Traditionally musically trained. Um, it's essential for my process. Yeah. Right? So I drag and drop it into TuneBat. It will give me the key and the tempo. And then I can adjust the tempo on Logic like we did earlier mm-hmm. or, or at the top window. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you can adjust the, the key as well on the top window. And then what you do is you create a new track, a new region and you connect splice bridge to it. And what happens with splice bridge is that when you're looking at samples in splice, mm-hmm. splice bridge will automatically transpose the sample to the same key as your project. That's handy. Right? It's 2022, dude. (laughs) You can do shit like this. Anybody can do it, right? Granted, you 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 have um the patience to learn it, right? And then and then what I would do would usually I would be the first thing I'll do is find some samples, right? Of stuff that isn't that's that goes with that guitar. Yeah. Right? And and the album I just dropped, A Ghost Like Bliss, is full of dope ass samples, right? All of which came from Splice, unless it's guitar driven or vocal driven or guitar solo work, mm-hmm. all the drums, all the bass, all the vocal samples you hear that aren't mine, all the sound effects, those all come from Splice. Do you dabble around piano at all? Uh, yeah, I can play piano. Yeah. Um, I don't, I that's another thing on my list is I want to get a synthesizer because I want to start getting more into piano again. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, for example, on a, on a track that I was working on last night, I use musical typing. So you can basically transform your, your keyboard into a piano, right? Or a MIDI, okay. a MIDI instrument, yeah. right? So I was recording um, um, this dope-ass synthesizer this morning. I was up at like six recording synthesizers at home. And you can use your keyboard on your computer to act like a synthesizer um, through another app called Astra. Okay. So 
all these little things, like all this stuff is, is available um, for anybody to use, right? This isn't, it's, you don't have to have permission to use this stuff. It's licensed. Yeah. And the license clearly says that you can use these sounds and not get in trouble for it. So this splice website, is it just people creating and then uploading? And then there's just millions of samples people have created pretty much. Yeah. And then periodically they'll get like, um, well not periodically quite regularly. They'll get, um, really famous producers to create beat packs that's cool. And within the beat pack, you'll have like what's his name um, for mainstream um, artist uh, Drake's producer. Mm -hmm. um, what's his name again? Um, Oliver E Forty, I think his name is E Forty. Yeah. I've heard so of E40. he just made a beat pack, um, and it's so dope. Like he's got that super lo-fi kind of sound that Drake uses, mm -hmm. and he has all those samples that you can just drag and drop. That's pretty cool. Right? So you can just, it, it, it is as easy as just dragging and dropping, but then the real um, intricate process of music making comes from the actual editing and production in your DAW, right? Okay. Like you need to, it took me a long time to work out the in and outs of logic. Yeah, like you, even watching you do your thing, I'm like, I don't even know how to do any of that stuff because <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't gone into it in depths it's yeah. just like okay record a conversation here's the intro a little guitar riff and bounce it and upload it <laughs> it's yeah. like very but i'm doing a podcast i'm not recording and anything we're all like music music wise well but. that's the other thing too is if you if you have the ability to push forward turn the fear into tailwind mm -hmm. and let it propel you all the everything that you need to know youtube Google, oh, yeah, right. Oh, it's yeah. all there. Just the time to sit down. And Just the time, figure, yeah. right? And then, and then, what I've really gained a respect for too now is like music engineers, right? Like a music engineer does the same thing as a building engineer. The music engineer is building a beat. Right, so a beat has to be just like a, a structure. It has to be structurally sound, mm -hmm. or else it will just topple over. It's the same thing with music engineers and music production. Like you need to, your low end has to correspond with your mids, and your mids have to respond with your upper mids and your highs, and nothing can clash, or else it'll sound muddy. Right, so there is there is um there's a a strong element of of um I don't want to call it math, but it's almost it's almost an art form engineering just as much as it is to create. You're creating like a structure, like you're saying. You're creating a structure and it needs to be it, everything needs to correspond or else it just won't work. Right. And if you don't have a, a relatively decent understanding of how it should all correspond. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, it's. It can get frustrating. Like, why does this sound like this? Why does this sound like that? Am I over compressed? Am I under compressed? Is there too much effects? Is there so much into it? Oh, and into it like a sound. So much. Then your ears can pick that up. Like, oh, your like ears. Very, pick you're it up. like, what is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially too, like when when a new engineer, or a new production, um, a new artist that's working on his own production, you think that naturally. Oh, I want to you know, get the best equipment, right? But but when it comes to like, for example, I use studio monitors called uh, Focal. Okay. And um, these things are so fucking hypersensitive, dude. And like you could, you could listen to something on those speakers and it would sound super good. And then you bring it to the truck or you bring it to the Bluetooth and it sounds like pure shit. 
because these speakers, you have hmm. to like, you have to learn kind of how to like dumb it down a bit and at the same time, smarten it up a bit. So like when you're producing like a track and say, there might be like a one track solo you made and you're going to upload it to Spotify. Like, will you like listen to it through your computer, through headphones, through your truck before you would say upload it to like Spotify to make oh, sure yeah. like all platforms like, oh, it sounds a bit fuzzy in the track. I can fix this by doing this. Oh, the headphones don't sound that good. It's like yeah. you can go back and sort of make it like how Simplecast puts it on pl all platforms. Like you can do the same thing where it, 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 it sounds the same across all that. Well, it'll sound the same across all those because when you upload your file, that's what I was telling you earlier about your master on your mixer, you have your master, mm -hmm. um, you have your master uh, track, yeah. And your master track, if, depending on whatever level volume-wise your master track is set at, that's naturally what it will come through on all platforms. However, Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes and all those other streaming services, they compress the fuck out of yeah. Because like I've I like there's different podcasts where it's like if I listen to Rogan in my van, it's at twenty. If I listen to Lex Friedman, his sounds good at like 15, 16, but it's on the, f well, I guess Lex Friedman's on iTunes and obviously Rogan's on Spotify, but it's like a five, I guess, decibel difference with mine. It's like, I could be at like fucking 22, 23 and I'm like, what the hell? Like, how can I fix this? Like, oh, we can I need fix, that's really simple to fix. Yeah. Cause I wasn't sure like am I and I, I don't know what it'll hear like in my van until I, yeah, <laughs> like I could, I guess, upload it to iTunes, but then it'll compress again to get onto my phone then to listen to it in my van before I would upload it on Simplecast. Yeah. Yeah. You can, that's, I can show you how to fix that pretty easily. You just want to have, make sure that when you're, remember when I was showing you earlier about when we compressed what I just recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, so all you would have to do is you'd head into your into your actual track region and you just have to make sure that the waves are all relatively the same um, distance. Okay. Right? And then when you make sure all your waves are relatively the same distance, throw a compressor on it. And what a compressor does is kind of glues it together, right? You have to adjust the attack and the and and kind of adjust the gain settings and stuff on it. But you can tell that when the compressor is just kicking in a little bit it's just mm -hmm. it's just smoothing smoothening it out a little bit yeah and then you go to your master region and then you can put the limiter on like i told you yeah right and then you just run your your volume knob up until it's not peaking yeah because that's the one thing I'd, I'd have to complain about like trying to listen even though it's it's hard listening to myself sometimes i'm like uh oh, repeated that on the last podcast repeated that on the last podcast but i'm like whatever i'm like sort of over that but yeah it's the one thing it's like oh it's fucking quiet yeah like, well that's here. what my my pal um a guy i talk to a lot um Kasky, i don't know if you've heard of Kasky, but he's big uh well he's fucking huge actually but he just dropped an album with yellow wolf you've heard yeah. yellow wolf right yeah. so i talk to Kasky on a regular basis i use him as kind of like a pseudo um like yeah i guess you could call him a teacher because mm -hmm. he's kind of just going through with me all the mistakes he made as an artist when he was younger. Um, and basically, he always comes back, arrives at the same destination. And it's always just 
fucking put it out. Don't worry about how it sounds. Don't worry about, like, to a certain degree, you still yeah. want it to sound good, but don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry, like, for you in this example, don't worry about what you 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 said a hundred times or you didn't say a hundred times. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You put it out there, and confidence comes from winning over time. That's what he says all the time to me. He's like, confidence comes from winning over time. So the more you put, if you put out a podcast, that's a win, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you... Um, consistently put out podcasts, that's you're consistently winning. And like we were talking about, about reading books and retaining information, your ability to do said thing grows exponentially, no matter what you're doing, right? That's just, that, that's a known fact. It's not up for speculation. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as you put out more podcasts and as you speak to more people, and as you learn to articulate your words better, you will become better. Yeah. Right. So, and then, once you once you start to build confidence in whatever it may be, then you don't even fucking go back and listen to it because it's irrelevant because yeah. you because putting it out was the win. Yeah, because I've listened to everyone and some I'm like, oh, that, that was a good question to ask or I like that. And then like I've, I have a good friend that likes to listen to him, too. And um, he's like, I listen to everyone. He's like, and I did a couple of while ago. He's like, oh, you're getting better. I was like, oh, thanks. He gave me like his honest truth. I'm like, thanks. That makes, sort of makes me feel like I'm on the right path a little bit sometimes. I'm like, yeah. oh, that was a really good, really good interview well, or whatever it is. You know, coming from somebody like myself who, like, I work with, with like, one-on-one with people all the time, mm-hmm. like, predominantly in the alcoholic and addict community, right? But I'm here to tell you as well that you are getting better, right, from the last time we spoke, mm-hmm. and what you're trying to accomplish the only good can come from it because you're 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 um you're pursuing the growth of knowledge right with the with the implementation of the saunas and the and the cold plunges and even if it's just fundamentally somebody sitting in this chair and speaking Mm -hmm. they are naturally becoming better because when you when you can grow your ability to communicate you're becoming better. Yeah. Like period. I, I just like talking to people. I don't know. Like, I like to understand how people make, like, decisions in their life based off their past history. With, like, how they were raised. Do you exercise? Do you eat good? How were your parents together? Like, did you grow up with siblings? Like, I, I like to understand how people, like, yeah, make up their mind on an everyday basis. Why did you get into that job? Well, I did, you know, it's like, I'm just curious. Like, I'm just curious. Like, I like my telescope at night, like stare at the moon. I can just stare at it. And it's like, I found it, I find it just fascinating. I find life as I get older is more and more fascinating and understanding why people do what they do. Even though some people don't want to open up and that's fine. That's just who they are. But I like to like say, dig down and be like, well, why did you do that? And then you make the person almost like think about it. Because like even you in the sauna was like, yeah, I didn't really like my, how like my, my ass last album went. It's like, well, why? It's like, why didn't it go well? Or it went well, I guess, but it's like part of you didn't like it in the end. I don't know. No, it's not that I didn't like it or it didn't go well. I'm I'm happy with the final product. Mm-hmm. But what I'm even more happy about is that that putting that product out was what propelled me to move forward with um, being my own producer now. Yes. Right. Or, yeah. So That's so there there there. It's not that I'm unhappy with the final product. It's that. 
I'm grateful for the final product, mm -hmm. but the final product isn't exactly the way I would have done it. But the reason I'm grateful for it is because without that experience, it would have never propelled me to push forward as a musician and as potentially a producer and an engineer. And um, it's, it, it's just in the realm of everything happens for a reason, yeah. right? Because if that album didn't happen, or if I was still working on that album, I would have never been able to learn the things that I've learned about production that I have now. That's like with anything in life, too. It's like even designing that cold plunge has been more work than I couldn't even imagine at the beginning. Yeah. Well, like, it all it. seems like sense now. But it's like I forgot about, like, the simplest things. I'm like, because I was so concerned about final design, what's the purpose of this, all this type of stuff. I was like man, I totally forgot about this. And this was the simplest thing. Like, how the hell did yeah. I forget about that? Like, putting in another vent for fresh air to the chiller. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. I'm like, fucking idiot. Like, this is simple. Cut another vent. Because, like, I like even the condensation on the pipes and everything and design of the handles and how the lid's going to look. What color are we going with? Like, you know, like, what type of cedar? Like, it, we're, how big are the access panels? How, we, how are they going to be removed? Like, it's just... There were so many different things, but it came from like a spark of one idea. And now I'm sort of here. We're getting really close. Oh, you're running with but it, But it's right? just like, man, like it's just, it's so daunting. But now it's like, it's getting just more efficient. And like, that's what you're saying. Like if you didn't go through that initial step with your last album, you would have never been on that second step for the next album, which you seem pretty excited for already. Well, I'm super excited for it because it's total creative freedom. Right. And, and reality is it's not going to resonate with everybody, but that's OK. Right. It's total creative freedom. And it's it's um, you got like people in 100 years from now will all be dead and gone. So will our kids. Mm -hmm. Right. We won't exist anymore. Right. And it's like, what 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 do you what are you going to do with your time while you're here? Are you going to follow in the footsteps um, completely? of exactly the way somebody else did something, or are mm -hmm. you going to follow somebody to the point that you can now be free to do it yourself? Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm, I'm aiming for with the music. And, and I'm, um, unorthodox to some degree because I didn't embark on this journey until my thirties. Right. Most people start this journey when they're very young. Mm -hmm. And, but for me, that wasn't in my cards because I was addicted to heroin and crack. Right. Um, I still played guitar, but I never pursued um, uh, the purpose of music like I do today. Yeah. But I'm going to prove that no matter what age you're at, you can still do this and you can still be effective doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's exactly like what you said about the cold bass. Like the, the very idea of the cold bass is an admir it's super admirable what you're doing. Because if you created that whole thing yourself, like you got your finger on the pulse because it's no secret that this, this, this narrative is blowing the fuck up. Like mm -hmm. the benefits of cold plunging and the benefits of sauna. Like if you're, if, if you, if you're not seeing um, that stuff out there on, on, in, in society, mm -hmm those benefits and people talking about them, you're simply not paying attention. Yeah. Right. And, and today I got to experience it, right? Like when I got out of that thing, I did experience the regret that I didn't stay in for longer, mm -hmm. but clearly what it is, is effective. If yeah. I'm feeling regret for not doing something longer, 
clearly it was an enjoyable thing and clearly it's effective. Yeah. Right. And you're allowing people the opportunity to experience that from the comfort of their home. So yeah. it's super admirable and not to mention they look really good. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. look really good. So it's yeah. not like, it's not like you're, 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 you know, going rogue on this idea. Like clearly mm-hmm. you've thought about it. Mm-hmm. Clearly you've, and you've also married the thought with the application of good craftsmanship. Yeah. Right. And that means a lot. Well, I think people appreciate handcrafted, handmade things more and more as society leans more towards everything being fabricated. Yeah. Where it's like and mass that, produced. And that yeah. thing is handmade. That thing's handmade, handmade and you can tell. Yeah. Right. And, and you're right. People are gravitating towards that now. Why are they gravitating towards it now? Because they're coming to the realization that most things that are built today, especially mass produced, Will are pure last. shit. Yeah. Did you know? And this is by design. You're not going to know this. There's no way you'd know it because I didn't tell you. <laughs> but 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 in my house, yeah. there's um, an upstairs and there's a, a basement mm-hmm. downstairs. And the upstairs kitchen has a fridge and a, and a dishwasher. And the downstairs kitchen has a fridge and a dishwasher. And the garage is a, is a traditionally built garage with the spring mm-hmm. that assists to pull it up. Yeah. Within one week, okay, both fridges, both dishwashers, and the spring on the garage broke. Damn. Like, that is by design. That is not a coincidence. That is how they are built. They are not built to last. No. Right? Because because the odds of that happening by coincidence are probably in the one in millions. Yeah. To have all four appliances and the garage spring break in the same week. Mm-hmm. And now multiply that by because it's a it's a relatively new subdivision. So now multiply that by all the houses on all the streets, yeah. on all the blocks, on all the square miles. For homes that were built in that um, and uh, in that duration, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, our washer and dryer finally kicked it like last summer, and they were from like early '90s, and like we got the washer and dryer today, and like the last maybe ten years, maybe, maybe if you're lucky, maybe, yeah. right? But those things that you're building, like I mean, you just have to look at it and feel it, and you you, you know, it's highly probable that they're not going to just break. No. Right? The, like, what I've designed and built won't break. Won't break. Yeah, exactly. It's 12-gauge stainless steel. Like, even people are like, man, that's thick steel. I'm like, yeah, it's well, durable. it's got to support your whole fucking support, body, like, plus f- how many gallons of water, right? Yes, yeah, so you're probably almost 800 pounds of water sitting in that thing. Yeah. Plus your weight, even though, yeah. But uh, it would be... Again, like the motor and the chiller and any type of cold plunge system, whoever makes it, those are made somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, nothing's really built to last anymore. Even your cell phone. They say, what, five years? I don't years know, max? man. I got this iPhone uh, 13, like model one, and I had it for, I think it's December I got it. And now I'm already having problem with the, with the uh, plug-in. Yeah. Where you plug it in now that, I mean, is, is it possible that I put too much pressure on it? Mine's always lint. Mine's right? lint always gets stuck in mine, so I got to always take it out with like Well, a the other thing pin. too is it's like, are, why don't they come with some sort of thing on it that um, mitigates the possibility of shit getting in there, right? Maybe the next one. Maybe. Or maybe <laughs> not, because <laughs> maybe they want not, you to yeah. buy the next one when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, that's how it works, right? Yeah. 
Um, this next album of yours, is, is it going to be quite a bit different than the last one because you're not going to be on social media writing it? Well, it'll be a quite a bit different from the last one because I'm going to be responsible for every every yeah, part like, of the process. So you're not doing any, well, I guess... I guess you don't want to give your secrets away, but are you having any collaborations on this? Um, if I'm going to, it will be I'll I'll have Kasky on a track, okay? Because he's already agreed to come on a track. Um, I just haven't decided. Well, I'd be I'd be super thrilled to have him on, yeah. But I haven't decided if this is the right time for that or not. Because um, this is again, this is another part of the journey of self exploration mm -hmm. and. Um, if it, if, if at a moment in time, that is what's in front of me to be done, I'll do it. But as of right this second, it's not. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just pushing through with this total creative freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was going to actually hop on the track that I have called lobotomy on ghosts like bliss with Isaac Zale. Kasky was going to hop on that, but right when he was going to hop on it, that was right when Isaac Zale sent me his uh, wave file so it was like ugh, i felt like an idiot because i had i had sent the track to kasky he had confirmed he wanted to be on it it was all good mm -hmm. and the reason i had sent it to him was because um isaac zale was taking a little bit of time on it i guess he was sick or something i don't really know okay and i probably should have corresponded better with him but i didn't and then i just started shopping somebody else for it um, so he was going to hop on that. Isaac Zale hopped on it. Um, so yeah, I still have Kasky lined up for one and I do want to have him hop on because he's on a fucking spiritual journey too, man. Hmm. If you don't follow him on social media, follow him because he's fucking, he's got a lot of inspirational shit Yeah, I'm and, down. and he is putting out potent art, real potent art. So if you're into that, most people aren't. But if you are, check him out. Well, like, again, it's being open-minded, trying something, looking at something new, like, oh, what's this? Well, and he, he not only does music, right? He, he, he promotes the idea of helping people, too. Like, that's his intention as well. Plus, he's into fitness. Plus, he's sober. Plus, you know, like, mm -hmm. there's nothing that this guy's doing that's not productive. Yeah. Right? So that's who, moving forward, if I'm collaborating with guys, they better be promoting or have to be promoting the same message I'm promoting. Or else I'm not into it. So do they, I guess, do they just send you a file of their part that you'd want in the song? It's not like they come by your studio? No, Kasky's from L.A. So no, he... Um, it's possible that we could collaborate if, I, if, if, I was, if we were to travel. But no, that's not how, that's not how artists collaborate. Um, Anymore. Not really. Unless they're... Um, Big timers. Yeah, and even still, like, I listen to stuff on... Now that I'm kind of... I have an ear for, for technical side of production. Mm -hmm. Like, I can hear stuff, too, even from the biggest artists in the world, and I can tell they were recorded in different studios. I can tell they were recorded with different microphones, yeah. let alone different studios, right? So even big-time artists today, they don't... I'm sure sometimes they do, but for the most part, it's just I would send him... Um, a wave file of a beat and my part so he can so they can understand the theme of the song okay and then you know however long it may take like a real fucking musician like sadistic he had his verse i sent him the wave file with a rough edit of the song 
without without it even being finalized or mixed properly and within like two days he had his verse back and it's so fucking hard he ran exactly with my theme right so that's like a real musician yeah i was gonna say that's real raw talent that's just raw as fuck it's as raw as it gets that's the one thing i always like think about with like these artists that have been around forever like say like rolling stones or aerosmith whatever it's like how are you guys still creating music yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's like, you guys have been around forever, and you're still coming up with, like, new riffs that sound good, and drum beats, and bass line, and lyric. I'm like, how the yeah, hell do you do that? Yeah, and classic music like that, too, is so timeless, because it's like, you, 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 and the problem is today, too, is everything is so pre-packaged and overproduced, and, and mm-hmm. it's like, with the technology today, like, you, you, you could be a shitty-ass musician, but with the technology today, your shit might pop off because you yeah. have somebody that's Some like, sick beat that's you could catchy. have a sick engineer, a sick producer providing the beat. And, 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 but then you go to perform that song live and it sounds like pure shit, yeah. but it's because you suck. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's the difference between a real musician who can perform their songs and a studio musician. Right. And then like, you'll hear in the, yeah, like the song that we did today, mm-hmm. right? You're going to hear like how raw that shit is, yep. right? Like it's not fucking, nothing is perfectly in time. Nothing is is perfectly in tune. But the theme and the message and the narrative of the song is there for you to receive. Yeah, like I'd rather it sound like that than perfect because being perfect is imperfect. Like to me is imperfect. Like it's impossible to make something perfect. Yeah. Like someone will find a flaw. Like I'm trying to make those tanks as perfect as I can, but I'm human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm going to try and make them look really fucking nice. Cause they're, you know, people are spending money on them and I'll do my very best to make them function properly and, and work properly and look the best and stay clean for as long as possible. But yeah, that's all I can do is do my best. That's all you can right? do. Right. And, and with with music too is in 2022 you can even get like um, master track templates and mixing track templates where you can just record something and insert template mm-hmm. and it will like perfectly put it in timing yeah. and perfectly put it in tune like i don't even use auto tune right and 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 99.9% of people even if they're super good use auto tune Okay, because the human the human vocal range will fuck up, mm-hmm. right? Like even Adele, somebody that's as fucking good as Adele, like at at at, at technically singing, mm-hmm. she uses auto tune. Yeah. Right? everybody uses auto tune. I don't use auto tune because for me, I don't I, I don't I want there to be imperfections. Yeah. Because that's how that's part of the the fundamental idea of the message I'm spreading is is the truth yeah it's like my right? kids playing in the background right now <laughs> like i can hear them but you, it's hard to hear them i think when you're listening i back can to hear it. them but that's a good but i'm just great, like whatever right? that's my kids playing outside just part of the podcast that's part <laughs> it's of like the we've podcast. had dogs barking i'm like i don't care yeah i was like this is my life that i live in is surrounded by dogs and kids yeah and it's pure yard. it's in pure form you're <laughs> yeah. presenting what you're doing in pure form yeah and who can argue with that mm-hmm. right like your your the presentation of your art is pure so who's gonna who's gonna sit there and and object to that yeah right so it is what it is 
Yeah, but I have to get going, dude, no. because I have yeah. my boys' soccer game. No worries, man. Let's so. wrap her up. Thanks again. You did good. You did about a minute well, and a I, bit in the cold plunge. Well, I did a minute, but I didn't get my head under, so does it really count? Yeah, it still counts. You're still good. It's supposed to be submerged up to your neck. Okay, I'll take right? it. So you're I'll good. Take it. That's a win. Awesome. And the song was great. I'm looking forward to uh, uploading this. And uh, I guess you're going to be off social media for a couple months. So I'm going to be off till around Christmas. But if you're going to, if you're when you when you um, put this out there, feel free to to you know. I'll it, tag you and everything. Yeah, or just prom- obviously you're going to promote it on your social media. So this song that we just did here in the studio is uh, the first single off the album that will be coming out around Christmas. So awesome. this is the first song I produced myself. Nice. And you're just Billy Chevalier and Spotify? Yeah, and and Billy Chevalier on social media and, and all streaming platforms. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks again, bro. Yeah, you bet. Good awesome. times. Kay. All right. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Cheers.